Welcome to Naming It, where we discuss pop culture, current events, and how they relate to the way that we live our lives, all through the lens of two black psychologists. Naming It is dedicated to acknowledging the elephant in the room, validating the lived experience of people of color. Coming to you from the Bay Area, California, we thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Bedford Palmer. And I'm Dr. Lamisha Hill. Music on Naming It is provided by Lee England Jr., the sole violinist. Good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are. She did it! We're going to do that. It's Welcome a thing to now. Naming It. Yeah. We're here. It's episode five. Episode five. Yeah, y'all didn't have to see Bedford counting me and, you know, going back to his choir days. Qu- being on the being on the being in the choir. He had to count me in, you know, do the conductor thing. Oh, so you're you're bringing up the choir to try to counter I'm I'm proud of my choir time. Okay. I was right. a tenor. I was in the choir. I was I, I, I never got to do a solo, but I got to work with the soloist so there'd be like a, a smaller choir. I had a lot of fun. We have pictures of that too. Do we, do you, so, yeah. so, so your, listeners, your, I just want to tell y'all that, that, that for the past hour, I've been trying to get Bedford to sing on the mic, which he does offline. I don't, but you want me to, okay. See, I just, see if you want to hear Bedford sing, if you want to hear Bedford, this is Bedford jam, when, y'all need to, to put yeah. it up on Twitter and we need to peer no, pressure. No one wants to hear Bedford. that. Oh, everybody no, no, wants to no, hear it. I, I enjoy hearing you. I'll, you know what? He's, I'll, he's I'll not, sing if you accompany me with your alto saxophone. <laughs> How about that? How about that? We can do Mary Had a Little Lamb. I'll just do that with you. Y'all, that's funny. That's funny. I don't even have it anymore. I'm, I'm sure we can get, we can find one. There's music stores. You, you, you got a budget, a surplus budget because you don't got no television. So I'm, I'm just saying. No, no. Okay. What's, what's going on with you in the world? Because I do not have a surplus budget right now because uh, I am in the market for a house. Oh, yes. Yes. Enterprising. That's what I'm talking about. You're Absolutely. Getting, trying to get into this Bay Area market. I sure am. It is it is quite scary and expensive, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Yeah, there's I mean, it's it's funny because it's a pretty hard thing to not just do financially, but like from a psychological perspective, um, it's scary. I mean Absolutely. Uh, putting yourself I mean, people get scared with their uh their one month, two month girlfriend, boyfriend, partner relationships. Are you but, talking you know, about commitment? I'm talking about thirty years. You unless you do it like Obama 30. and do that fifteen year uh, <laughs> fixed. You know what I'm saying? Like that's look, a long that's your lifetime. Look, you can always refi. You can always refi. That's real talk. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we just want to start out by saying thank you to our subscribers, our listeners, our followers, and oh, yeah. those that put out some reviews. Yes, we got some new reviews. Thank you to the folks who uh who put those new reviews on. We have uh, 12 five-star ratings, uh, no other star ratings. We're not asking for those, <laughs> but, you know, Just we, keep we, we do want to hear back and hear your suggestions and what you think about the podcast and things that you'd like to hear about, questions you might have. Um, we, we're all set, ready to do some relationship talk, but uh, we haven't got anybody who's asking stuff. So you got two uh, counseling psychologists here who can possibly give you some some help with that. And, one uh, married, one married gentleman, right? You can shout out Black Love. I'm not in that same perspective. Yeah, how, I don't know how to respond to. I mean, I'm I'm a married gentleman, yes, but then how do I dichotomize? Like, how would you describe yourself? Because I'm not 
gonna say that. I'm a single black woman. Single black woman. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Because you put the gentleman part. Why does the gentleman have to be part of? There's a lot of. It I'm could be like. So, okay. I'm just saying. You know, you're throwing... I was just trying to give you some positive language, Bedford. But I think it, the relationship piece is really important because there is. I believe a lot of rhetoric out there around black relationships and that the destruction of the black family. And I think that we could have some really powerful conversations about the challenges, right? That we, there are legitimate challenges for folks. know probably of all backgrounds, all types dating, dating in the Bay area is really, really tough. Well, dating everywhere is tough. I I think there's something unique about, I think it depends on who you are. I think, you know, if, depending on your demographic, it can be easier or harder depending on where, where you're at. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a tech dude in in San Francisco, I don't think you're having a hard time. All right. So these are the these are always we started with a conversation that we need to table. Well, I don't. Want, I don't know if I want to table this you one yet. This, table is, this is oh, kind of okay. Stuff. So we'll do the thank I mean, yous at the end. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to do thank yous. I want to do it now too. Okay. I, just, I okay. want everything. All right. See, this is what gets in the point. All right, so you're going to have to get organized, Bedford. Okay, okay, we'll table it. You started it, but we'll table it. Moving on. Uh, So the thank yous. Oh, I wanted to, uh, we want to throw a couple uh, really specific uh, shout-outs. First to one of our most active uh, Twitter friends. Oh, give a shout-out to my girl, hey, hey, Amanda Lins, at But It Was On Sale. But It Was On Sale. Yes. Thank you for all the love. The cleverness, the the, the funny, uh, the funny responses. And just so you know, no, I will not be more enthusiastic unless it's actually appropriate. So, uh, yeah, no, I refuse. Um, Uh, Oh, oh, I will do my best to bring bring this this man around. You know, bringing around. (laughs) I am who I am and you are who you are. And when we, you know, so I get enthusiastic when things are exciting and and when they're not, I'm I'm not. Um, I uh, wanted to, she's giving me the evil eye now. Um, And (laughs) so I wanted to also give a shout out to uh, two podcasting communities. Um, First one is pods in color hashtag pods in color uh it's a it's it's basically a hashtag that will link you to many different podcasts from a very diverse um group of people of color who have put out podcasts um in in and uh they've embraced us and been forwarding stuff out and at pods and colors is is the folks who put that together so we want to thank them for uh for amplifying our voice um also um at potter and family uh potter and family i thought that's a really uh clever one very clever again it's another diverse group of uh podcasters who um and that's at potter and family too uh excuse me at potter and family no two in there um and we've been kind of getting involved with with them and uh just you know we we all work together to to see if we can get our voice out there and just wanted to, to acknowledge. So uh, that's uh that's all our thank yous for right now. Um, what else? Where are we at, Doctor Hill? Where what's at, what's going what's, on in the world? It's been an interesting. Are you, you going to sing the the jingle you wanted to sing? I ain't singing because you're not going to sing with me. So you know we'll just have to save that for another time. What's going on? 
we don't have the we don't have the uh, the rights to what's going on, so <laughs> we're not going to sing it, and we're not. Well, maybe we'll sing it if we can figure out how to do that, but uh, we can't play it. But just in your head right now, why don't you picture what's Marvin Gaye? Yeah, you know. Uh, and you don't leave me hanging like that. I told you, you bring the saxophone. I will. What's sing. going on? There you go. Thank you. And that's the beginning of our segment. Just one time. Just one time. No. I'll give you one more chance. You can give me, like, I'm not singing. I don't want to sing right now. I don't. No. What's going on? Buzz. Uh, I don't know what to tell y'all, you. Y'all, come on. Uh, y'all got to get on your boy. I'm not. Y'all got to get on your boy. Uh, this is get on another him. podcast. Someone, someone help uh, me out. Someone help me out. Because you know, you know he wants to do it. He's so, just being shy. So something really big happened this week. What's that? Uh, it was in Philadelphia. The Democratic National Committee put on their convention. And it was overrun by Pokemon Go players? <laughs> was it? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's I'm no just, Pokemon Go. I was just, just I, So now we can we can put it in there. We did talk about our Pokemon Go. I got a Scyther. What the heck? I got a Scyther. What's a Scyther? It's like this. It looks like this, uh, like a praying mantis with like uh, wings and its hands. Or it, it, it has mandible. I don't know what you call them. Like it basically has knives for hands. Oh, okay, y'all. Y'all, I got to say, Bedford and I, we went to a networking event this this week, yeah, in the yeah. city, networking. It was after, real cool. We made some. We met work. some awesome people. So at, ne- at networking after work. So or network um, after work. Ne- at network after work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We met some awesome people, and as we were walking, leaving from the function, this man is walking down the street playing Pokemon Go because it's in San Francisco. Oh, this is yeah. Okay, so peep game, peep game. Everybody, y'all need to hear this because like we're gonna. I'm gonna name something for you right now. I'm gonna name. The racist stuff that has to do with where Pokemon are found. Oh, okay. okay. Name it. Name it. Because, like, Bad in the choice. East Bay, in the Bay Area, where most of the brown people are, you got to walk blocks and blocks to find a Pokemon. <laughs> but in San Francisco, where there's less, where there's very few brown people, suddenly there's Pokemon everywhere. And I'm just saying, like, I mean. I, I, is that a constellation of being brown? Who is putting the positioning the Pokemon Go situation? I don't, I'm just trying to tell you what I'm seeing here. And it's, it's starting to, I mean, like, it's real. Like, why is it that in privileged spaces, you also get privileged of having more Pokemon? There's no extra resources that go into that. But yet, and it's coming from a whole other country, but they put it where the more affluent people are. And they're not even going by the the rules of Pokemon, which is like they should go in urban Pokemon should be in urban places and water Pokemon should be in water places. They do that, but they don't do it in density, right? Because the population okay. density in, in the East Bay is 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 similar to that in in San Francisco. And I I'm just saying it's it's kind of unfair. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm That's sorry that I got us on Beffer's rant. Uh, well, that's because we were about to talk about Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. They got like ten thousand point Pokemon up there, and I'm just saying it's hard to compete. It's very similar to, oh, to microcosm. Okay, it's yeah. hard to compete. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You could probably write a whole paper on this now. I might, I might write a whole paper on it y'all. because that makes that that adds another layer, right? It does. It do, I mean, because what? the because it's disproportionate. Well, yeah, because if you don't if you don't have access to Pokemon, right now now it's starting to really sound like it, right? If you don't have access to Pokemon, like then you cannot move forward. Your stats don't go up. You can't get access to larger Pokemon. And then we have injustice, social inequities, economic injustice. What else? Well, well, I mean, 
Not all that. I mean, if you, <laughs> if that's Pokemon doesn't cause injustice. What it means is that when I go into San Francisco, though, then I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm one step down, even though I've been playing the same amount of time, which is similar or analogous to the situation that people of color, that women, that that uh, gender minorities and sexual minorities and uh, immigrant folks have been dealing with in America, and it's perpetuated even in these silly little games. So there. Named it Pokemon Go. Be less racist. Moving on. Um, so back to the DNC, right? I thought Bedford was about to chuck the mic off the table and drop, really yeah. drop the mic. Chuck the mic. That, that <laughs> mic's expensive, y'all. <laughs> all right, Six. all right, all right. So what happened in the world? Something, something really large, scaled. Right. We already said DNC, right? The DNC, so. right? So uh, always want to give up. A lot of love for our black excellence. Michelle Obama did her thing. In my opinion, she didn't even have to name it. She didn't name anything. You know, she named a lot of things without naming it. Very skilled. Okay, so what would... I think that her her speech was, was not only inspiring and powerful, but she was able to speak articulately to various issues in the world without utilizing a certain individual's name while speaking directly towards the so, insensitive and why other... Don't, don't be so careful. What? I'm just... This is I say that the way that I want to say it. Trump. He sucks. I didn't want to name it. See, that's the whole point. She didn't have to name it. She but said it she, in all these ways. She dragged that dude all through the mud. <laughs> In all kinds of she ways, dragged, she questioned his she manhood. Dra- she questioned his his competence, his sensibilities. Did and she, she drag him by the by the hair? Or well, the, that the wouldn't have worked because it would have came off, right? Like I, I, maybe we should stop. But like it, it's it, it was it was a masterful speech, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It was. Yeah, she pulled a lot of people in with that speech. Um, I think that there was a turn uh, during the when I was watching the the um the convention like it was one of those situations of again I'll, I'll mention that I wish you would I think that everybody in there was I wish you would boo Michelle Obama mm, not mm, in this room mm, homie not mm, in this room mm, mm. like I was sitting at my I'm watching it on TV thinking I'm about to get up and like get my butt down to Philly and jump on somebody trying to boo meaning some 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 Michelle Obama mm-hmm. you know I feel like going into some some uh, but it didn't happen right. No, it didn't. Of course okay. not. Okay. I think. I think. So you get. Like, the, so put your. Put your. I wish you would. You can tuck it. Tuck it back away. Right. No, I still wish you would because, oh. and I don't have to do nothing because you know what, <laughs> Barack loves her so much that he would have jumped out into the audience and grabbed somebody from the backstage. He would have been like, "Yo, this is my wife. This is my woman. Yo, like mm. I'm just saying. Like it's mm. watching them." be around each other, um, like going back to kind of the relationship piece. Mm-hmm. One of the, the things that I think we'll miss about, or I'll miss about seeing Brock and Michelle, um, the president and the first lady is how open they were with their love for each other. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it, it overflows around them. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture earlier today of, um, of Michelle getting out of an airplane and, and Brock is at the bottom. Uh, of the stairs it's one of those outdoor you know air mm-hmm. air force one type situations and he's got this kind of you see from the back his head's kind of to the side he's kind of just like standing looking kind of cool and he's looking up at michelle and michelle um her smile is like one of those thousand watt 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Supernova smiles that mm-hmm. just says I could you could see the subtext of like he's like talking I could I if I could just be Barack in that moment, he's like, Girl, you better get down here. You know, and then Michelle's just looking like that's my man. You know, and that was I, I mean, just those little moments, like we don't get those, right? Absolutely. Like when do you get to see something like that? Absolutely. It means a lot. Four more years. Yeah. <laughs> you getting sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it yeah. On happier notes, I don't know what's happier. It is. It's it's well, bittersweet. Happier. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Um. So we were going to talk about what else? We we're going to talk about. Uh, so you know, I, I think that in terms of Barack, President Obama, he also gave a really powerful speech. And one of the things that he said that I appreciated was hashtag Don't boo vote. And I what I'm going to miss about Barack is his impromptu, spontaneous, off the script, off the cuff things that he does and says in the moments that always just work that he that you see how natural he is as a person. You know, him singing at the funeral services uh for the Charleston victims. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that he knocked just, me out a little bit. Just start singing Amazing Grace, yeah. right? And everybody else sung along with him. I mean, just yeah, just those moments where he just gets to, he's just a real person and he gets to be himself and he gets to add his own insight and it doesn't have to be totally paralleled. And he's very honest and very transparent. And I am going to miss that. Yeah, I, you know, I think it speaks to another piece around just authenticity. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, President Obama, I think a lot of times he gets caught in the space of, uh, you know, black respectability and is he black and all these other things that people put. And it comes from both sides. And, and it seems like uh, whenever you like him, he's more you. And whenever you don't like him, he's less you. And people do that all the time. I find it kind of, mm-hmm. um, I find it irritating, to be honest. Uh, but when I think about him, I think about how in reality, or at least the way that he presents himself, he seems like the kind of guy you just want to hang out with. You know what I mean? Like I could see him showing up and disarming all of your like worries about him being president and just having a real conversation with you and just being honest and not agreeing all the time and not doing exactly what you want, but like just being this, this, this other man, this other person who you can sit down and have a down to earth discussion with, but you got to be on point. You know, he's Mm -hmm. also the guy who, you know, if you're in the barbershop, He's not the one who's throwing huff, huff uh, was it wolf tickets and stuff. He's not huffing and puffing. He's the one who, when he says something, everybody else is kind of like, yeah, you know, s- you don't want to get in that argument, man. I'm just, sorry, just I, 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 you just threw out a reference to to barbershop and and wolf tickets. Huff? People know what barbershop. Uh, wolf. So what wolf does that tic- mean? No, I don't, I don't. I don't feel like translating for people all the time. Like Come on, wolf tickets is like something. It's a you know what? Go on Urban Dictionary. If you don't understand what wolf tickets are, okay. go on Urban Dictionary. I guess Lamisha's going to have to go on Urban Dictionary, yeah. too, since Do I, you not know what, I can't get a breakdown right here. No, I don't. Have you no. actually don't know what? Okay, no, wolf I ticket don't. Is, a wolf ticket is basically you're, you're, you're selling something that's not true. You're, oh. you're, it's, it's stating that you're patently false or something to that extent. Got See, it. just for you. But like, I, don't, you. I don't feel like code switching all the time. I appreciate that. Uh, even though that's a cool podcast and, you know, if y'all ever want to advertise us, then we're we're up for that. Uh, code switch on NPR. Uh, <laughs> so, so the other the other piece around the DNC is that Hillary Clinton has been endorsed uh, as the, the Democratic Party candidate. Nominee. 
of nominee. choice yeah. nominee. Yeah. And well, that's really awesome and wonderful and great. And really, really super happy for Hillary. And she's done a lot of amazing work. There's another interesting undertone around the her story piece. Well, yeah, I mean, like, because they're hyping up this whole idea that she's the first person to ever be mm-hmm. nominated for that. And I think that for a major major party to be nominated, it, it is true that the major as a major party candidate to be nominated for the actual nominee for president, this is the first woman who's ever been able to do that. She isn't, however, the first woman to run for president. Absolutely. Right? So there's a, a celebrating black excellence. Hashtag trending on Twitter is hashtag black women did that. Black women did that. So go look it up. And one of the really important notes is around Shirley Chisholm and her role in politics and um, education and scholarly things what's her name again shirley chisholm yeah right and so i am going to read a little quote from wikipedia that shirley chisholm (laughs) because i don't know can i say that i don't know so so wait wait, wait. before you do i just want i just want to say i just want to say like she whispered wikipedia because like we're both researchers and like if we ever put wikipedia on anything we do we get in trouble so but but because we're on the radio, we can say Wikipedia. You can say it, it's fine. It's not APA style. Just, just. All right. All right. Because, or, you know, there are some other researchers out there that are really working hard to make sure that the content on Wikipedia is evidence-based and is correct. Oh. And there's a whole movement, particularly in medical education, because, yeah. And I work with an awesome colleague uh, who is doing some great things in that area. So, yes. So content on Wikipedia is, is correct. I just didn't know if I could say it yeah. or not. So, hey. That's, hey, that's, hey. that's cool. But if anyway, back this, to Shirley Chisholm. Okay. In 1968, she became the first African-American woman elected to the United States Congress. She was the first black major party candidate to run for president of the United States in 1972 during that presidential election, which also made her the first woman ever to run for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. All right. Right. There it is. Hashtag black women did that. Yeah. And I I think that this speaks to... You know, some people, I think a lot of people have been saying at various times um, a lot recently when 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 black people are um, asserting ourselves around when we had done something first or something had happened with us first. And people are like, why do you need to? Why is it a competition? Why is it this? Um, you but, know what it's reminding me of? What? It's like the no fun league, a.k.a. the NFL in all aspects of life. Right. I, okay, so, I don't know what you're talking about. So let me take it to no fun league. The no fun league because the I NFL has banned all celebratory dancing. You can't get in the end zone and throw down and celebrate, but it's part of our culture to celebrate excellence. It is part of our culture. It's part of who we are, right? Okay, but everywhere, okay. every time we try to we try to celebrate and get up and do the cha cha slide, whatever we want to do. I, I I don't know if we should do the cha cha slide hey, in the end zone. Hey. Okay, okay, okay. You can do, you do whichever shuffle that's version you want to do with the team. That's with the how, team? That's how they created the Super Bowl shuffle, right? If black if black excellence didn't exist, then, and if there was no celebration, we would have no Super Bowl shuffle. The 84 Bears in the Super Bowl shuffle, oh, come yeah. on! Chicago. Oh, here we go. Big up, Chicago. Um, hey, what yeah, up? Yeah, Chicago's fine. It's I put fine. on for my city. I hear you. I but put on like, for my city. I hear you. I'm just not thinking that we, we don't need, like, we don't need all that. I mean, you, you know, this, no, like, I think this brings up a really cool thing, right? Because there's, like, 
this this idea that general culture like if you can if you can call it cultural uh-huh. then suddenly it, it, it's cool and okay and i think that like yeah there needs to be some moderation around that because sometimes it's cultural and sometimes it's just us acting out you know and not us but anyone people you know what i'm saying so like you know if you if, if there's an actual i guess what i'm saying is there needs to be some moderation around like is this really cultural mm-hmm. or is this you trying to use this because if you're trying to use it it undermines the rest of us Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if it's actually cultural for us to dance in the end zone. I think that it's fun, but I'm not sure we're even the first people to do that end zone oriented. I'm just saying. I'm some, just. Like, I'm just utilizing Irish step dancing at one point <laughs> in the end zone when it was for, when before we ever got. But this, all right, you may have a point. It may not be. It may not be totally cultural. But how, my adaptation is that my experiences, particularly as we see the rise in Black Lives Matter and all of the anti. Re, you know, responses to that is that every time we try to have fun, haters gonna hate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they do. Well, I, it just it works my nerves, right? Yeah, I mean, every time we try to have a good time, every time we try to celebrate folks that are doing wonderful things, whether it's our youth, whether it's you know women, someone has something negative to say. We don't have something negative to say every time. Somebody else from another culture or from majority culture. It's just not in our nature. We're celebrating, I think, and it may not be, you may not experience it as cultural. I experience it as cultural. So I'm just going to own for me, my experience in the world, something, the celebratory nature. Of what, though? Of acknowledging accomplishments. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, if we're going to, I guess a good example of this is if you go to a black graduation mm-hmm. versus going to oh, uh, black, like yeah. a, Let's, a, mm-hmm. a regular, you know. So, you, if you ever attend a black graduation at a college or university, you understand that with every single individual student, there needs to be a specific celebration coming from both their family, their friends, and them on the stage. And we tend to do that because, you know, when do we not, when, when do we get to celebrate? I mean, like there is a, there, I would say there's a cultural experience of being shut down mm-hmm. that we, um, that, that, that's common for, for, for most of us. So like when we have joy, we're told not to, exactly. when we are happy, we're told you shouldn't be that big. You shouldn't be that loud. You should be right. quieter. Right. Um, so I get what you're saying there. I guess what I, what I was going back, if I can kind of take us back around, uh-huh. um, this piece around like, pointing out and celebrating that we've done certain things when other folks um, try to appropriate that. I, I think that that that's all part and parcel to it. Like if it's not putting a wet blanket on something like the, the nomination of this, of, of a woman for president to say that, well, a black woman was the first woman to actually run for president. Um, all it is, is a statement of fact. And it's a statement that should be celebrated the same way as when they bring out Susan B. Anthony and talk about how she's part of this lineage, right? right. That, that we're trying to add ourselves in our proper place to the lineage. There wouldn't have had to been a black women did that trend, uh, uh, Twitter hashtag if they had talked about Shirley Chisholm mm-hmm. in, the whole, in the whole DNC kind of discussion. If, right. if she had been prominently put up there maybe she was and i just missed that speech but um i missed it too right or just to acknowledge all of the women in politics within the history the the historical like you said the lineage and putting their place in that because in elevating hillary clinton i think part of some of the challenges is is saying that 
that while she is breaking some barriers, absolutely, there are other folks that came before her that right. cracked those things open too. Right, right. To allow her to have this moment in right. history. So we never get anywhere by ourselves. And this comes back to our first episode. Remember when we we expressed appreciation and gratitude for our mentors? Right. Yeah. So mentors are people who touch you like actual in your life there there's someone who's present or sometimes it's someone who opened a door that you never met and mm-hmm. um that you might not know their name but who actually like kind of made stuff happen for you mm-hmm. so um yeah i think that it, it's interesting to to think about what's happened this week and the historic nature the the pass off of president obama to hillary clinton when they had that hug and they like you know looked in each other's eyes and you know he was like yes it's you now you know and um, and, and how that kind of fits historically for, uh, the U S like it t- tends to work that way that like, you know, white men have everything and then black men get some of it and then white women get some of it and then everybody gets some of it. Um, and you know, for better or worse, that's what's happening right now. Um, and, and some of it is, is a little bit beautiful, you know? Like the fact that the change is happening, the fact that the ceiling is being broken, um, the fact that you can see these two people who were strong, staunch, like competitors mm-hmm. who put that aside, worked together, you know, and came to, to kind of build a, a legacy that can now be continued. And I think that is something that should speak to what we would hope to happen um, in the future. Um, not to, you know, I think we're, we're I don't know. I guess we are talking about politics a lot, so that's fine. Um, it's the season. Uh, right, it's the season, right? It's the season, season of, of political talk, and it's also um, so it's in the news right now. So, um, But we can go on and on about that, I think. And uh, But I, I, there's other stuff we want to talk about today, and, and this is going to go on for the next hundred and something days, so we will come back to it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm waiting to see what uh what 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 the stump speeches start to be. You know, I want I want to see what 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 President Obama's saying. I I'm hoping that they pull Michelle out and have her doing some more speeches. I'm waiting for Michelle to announce her her bid for Congress so that we can set her up for the next, you know, President of the United States after Hillary. I'm just Look, saying. Why are you trying to volunteer out, people for stuff? That's that's called nomination, yo. Mm-hmm. Yo. Yo, what, what, how many is it? This is 2000, 2016, so 24. 2024, you know, it, Obama 2024. You, you always go. want more. Some folks just, you know, they have given a lot. And? And so perhaps they want to do something else. That ain't my concern. I want, I'm a patriot. I want our country <laughs> to be ran by the right people. And I see them, and I'm naming it. All right. So let's transition because something that you brought up as you as we were talking about the celebration and the joy and you mm-hmm. had said mm-hmm. that there's oftentimes there's these experiences that particularly as, as black people and as people of color, we are told that we are not allowed to have joy. Right. Right. That it's conditional or that there's a certain space and time and it can't be interfering with other people's joy. And so for our real talk. Real talk. Hey, we're going to talk about perspectives on navigating everyday microaggressions. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell us what a microaggression is? So microaggression is a term um, that was coined and authored by a gentleman by the name of Sue. You can look him up. Um, But the definition of a microaggression is that they are everyday verbal and nonverbal environmental slights, 
snubs, or insults, whether intentional or unintentional, which communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative messages to target persons based solely upon their marginalized group membership. Right. So if you never, and you, you absolutely must have experienced a microaggression in the past, it really comes down to this, this idea that you don't know. Like mm-hmm. you have to spend energy trying to figure out did did that really happen? Mm-hmm. Did that did did they really say that? Did mm-hmm. did did that really go down that way? Like was that you know? And you, you you do these question marks in your head, and you find that it is very very uncomfortable to try to address it because of the 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 um the unclear nature of what the person's intent was. And it goes back to what we were talking about in terms of are these isms part, are these isms about what's in your heart or is it about your actions? Absolutely. And I think one of the challenges with microaggressions is, is that for the individual, the target experience it, it's it, typically it's, it's very obvious. Sometimes there might be like a, well, I don't, let me think about that. And you might come to have another experience, but part of the challenge with addressing it is that, the microaggression element of it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, from that person that is the sort of perpetrator, for lack of a better word, in this moment, is so co- unconscious and unaware. Well, it so can be unconscious. Can be. Or it could be very conscious, right? Yes. Right. And that and I think that that's the, the, one of the crux of why it's so hard to to address them because it's so easy for mm-hmm. people in privilege to pretend as though they don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, so I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I don't know why you saw it that way, mm-hmm. you know, and then suddenly you're in this space where you're suddenly having to prove that racism or sexism or heterosexism or cisgender privilege or whatever exists mm-hmm. when we all know it exists, you know, and shouldn't have to be proven because history proved it. It's because math. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's a really kind of a, a hard thing, and there's a lot of debates about it. Um, people are saying that microaggressions maybe shouldn't be used, like we shouldn't use the terminology, and we should just call it racism or sexism, mm-hmm. and that it's about white fr- fragility and and different things like that. I tend to, you know, my personal belief is that I think that microaggression is a good term. Um, Primarily because it's very descriptive of a specific kind of ism, mm. you know, a specific action around isms. So I think that it's implied when you're talking about a microaggression that an ism has occurred. Right. right? But unlike I'm going to, you know, physically assault someone, which would be like, you know, a physical assault or micro, like I think they call uh, it just a, an assault. Uh-huh. Right? Um, a microaggression is in that in that gray area and you can uh, address it as a microaggression because it gives space for that person to have not known. Um, the the thing that we have to pay attention to is the concept of impact versus intent, right? Right, right. So uh, oftentimes things are best talked about in the context of an example. And I want to share an example of a situation I was in just this past week where I was out with a group of uh, people of color, a lot of young, young men of color um, doing a physical activity out in a public space in a nice, beautiful public park uh, on a gorgeous day. And there were a group of largely older Euro American individuals who were with a park, uh, I guess, ranger is a good term for it, park official, park or organizer, um, and they were going to go probably on a tour or some hike or some walk or something of that nature. So there's about 20 or so of them together. Um, but they were occupying a lot of space that was in the general 
sort of public opening uh, where everybody would gather, right? The, right? the main water fountain is there. And mm-hmm. so the group that I was with, they had just finished doing this really intense run and they were kind of celebrating and just being present and, and talking and for real. And this one individual comes over, uh, your American lady comes over to one of the, the young black men and says to him, to the effect of, basically, can you lower your voice or can you basic can you change your tone uh, in this space? So he was being a loud black man. He was being uncouth and uncultured and all that other stuff that they, they think about it. In a, such a simple way. It's like what in this moment of how how is he going to respond to her? Right. Right. In all the dynamics. Right. And you said that the 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 young man, he was did you say he was Nigerian? No, no. Uh, maybe earlier you were saying where's he from? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know his ethnic background, but he, oh. he identifies as a black man. Okay. I thought you said something different. All right. Go ahead. So I thought he responded fairly well in the situation. He acknowledged her. He did say it. He, I think what I heard was a little bit of a quip of, you know, I'll think about, you know, changing my tone or whatever kind of ridiculous thing that you're asking me to do in this open public space. Right. Because from my experience as an observer, this individual, the the older white lady, was feeling as though their the the proximity of the young men of color having a conversation to the group of largely older white American white American individuals who were about to go on this tour that they couldn't hear the instructions from the park ranger because of the proximity to the other conversations that are being had in the open public space. Right. So and the so, park but she, but, shouldn't get louder or they shouldn't get closer, but like yes, the black but, people over there need to be quiet. Exactly. And that's part of, that's the dynamic of the microaggression of, of at what point it's not a who's right or wrong. It's, I think that the interaction, there was something going on there, but in the moment to, to, to assume that you are in the right to say, we are, we own this space and we're doing something over here. So you need to behave in a way to so, make us. Right. feel comfortable or right. so that we can have a better right. experience. You're infringing upon our experience out in this public park. Right. Uh, I think what you're describing is an entitlement, right? Mm-hmm. She feels entitled to having the space be exactly what she, she wants it to be mm-hmm. um, in a way that seems to be a little bit unreasonable for the space because you're outside. People are going to be loud. Right. I mean, and, like and not, not, even loud, not even loud. Well, right. But they could be you could be yelling and mm-hmm. you could be laughing and being boisterous. And I mean, there's a lot to that. I mean, when we talk about the way that people view people of African descent, mm-hmm. um, there's a stereotype about us being loud. You know, Absolutely. and um, it, it even if you're speaking at a regular tone, some people will sometimes hear you as being louder than you actually are being mm-hmm. um, beyond that. This idea that do they belong there? Do you and your friends belong in this space or not? You right. know, because being outdoors, being in these outdoor spaces, we're not always welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it, it's not something that we're we're seen doing very often um, in certain spaces, and so we're seen as novel. And then, if um, too many of us show up, then novelty becomes something else to a lot of folks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great example. Um, yeah, I go ahead. So, so the question, but part of it, what I want to talk about is sort of the, the navigating piece, mm-hmm. um, because this individual is not here with us today. So, um, hey, what's up? I'm not gonna put his name out there. Okay. <laughs> but so his his own experience as the as the one you know in that in that dynamic is for him and his own, and and he 
has total ownership of that. I had an experience as an observer, right, that is also socialized based on my socialization of interacting with with navigating spaces predominantly dominated by Euro-Americans and sort of this this Eurocentric values. And it reminded me of this statement that Michelle Obama had shared in her speech, which was, they go low, we go high. Right. Right. Say it again. They go low, we go high. Quote by First Lady Michelle Obama. And so I think that 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 speaks to an issue that's framed in uh, a lot of the the pushback that we get from Black Lives Matters right now in terms Mm -hmm. of this idea of respectability, right? Um, so when she says that, she's saying that if you give a low blow, then I'm going to come from a higher space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that some people might interpret that as meaning that I'm going to be polite and I'm going to be nice and all these other things. Um, I don't know if I interpret it that way. I think that what it means is that if you go low and you say something base, mm-hmm. then I'm going to go high and I'm going to say something relevant. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not necessarily about being nice to people. And I think that Black Lives Matters has it correct about that. We don't need to be respectable. We're respectable. We we're far more respectable than we need to be. You know, like the fact that I haven't met a person of African descent or a person of color who hasn't had a slur thrown at them and they didn't punch somebody in the face. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like the fact that we have so much like control over ourselves when faced with oppressive, with overt oppressive um behaviors from other people mm-hmm. i'm sure that your friend was probably very polite and said something you know they might have been discordant with what the woman wanted but they didn't call her out her name or do anything like that at least to her face right and so it, you know the the idea that we have to to do that when someone's mistreating us mm-hmm. um is is part and parcel of this oppressive kind of space that we we spend time in um and i think it takes a toll on us absolutely Absolutely. And it's uh, the there's a phrase around like a death by a thousand paper cuts that the weight of of microaggressions really adds up to having a really strong impact. It's not just one isolated experience in life that they're often compounded that have a really, really big impact on folks navigating the world. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I in the classes that I teach, I talk to students sometimes about how you approach microaggressions and how you kind of how you can deal with them. And there's. Mm -hmm. There's not a, a, a hard, fast, right answer. You, they're very situational, and you're, you are going to have to do some thinking, and it sucks. Um, but what we do need to understand is that we do have a right to call it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and we do have a right to have that confrontation with somebody, and we do have a right to, to, to name it, you know, and say, hey, look, what you just did right here, it's, it's this, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you find a person who didn't really mean to do that and a person who is slightly enlightened, then that might lead to a really good conversation and some growth. Right. But it could also lead to a really negative conversation. It could also lead to arguments. And for people of color, especially black people and brown people, uh, male or female or, 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 or trans or whoever, those... Those those discordant moments, those arguments, mm-hmm. um, they have the danger of becoming um, bigger than just an argument. A police can get called, uh, people can get kicked out, they can escalate, escalate, and then your life becomes in danger. Mm-hmm. And so 
when we talk about microaggressions, I think it's very important to understand that when we're saying like there's this this uh, this dissonance, this 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 hard feeling about whether you should speak up or not. It's not just like, oh, am I going to have this argument that's uncomfortable? It's like, oh, am I going to get into a position where I'm going to get thrown on the ground even though I'm right? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, you have to think about what you're going to do. Um, and I think that the Obamas give a really good, uh, you know, example. I mean, when, when Trump says that Obama doesn't have a birth certificate and all this stuff, uh, he didn't, you know, make fun of Trump's hair or, mm-hmm. you know, talk about his little tiny hands or any of that stuff. Right. He talked he, he basically dismantled Trump's argument and dismantled Trump's ability to to make his argument, his his credentials. He. So it's not that you're nice. Uh, the 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 our, our our first family ain't a nice family when it comes to people going after them. They're an effective family. They're an effective group of people who will make sure that you know that we ain't the ones to mess with. Right. They make I wish you would come come to fruition on a presidential level, and I I love that. And I think that we have to feel empowered to do that in our own lives as well. Um, and while dealing with that, I mean, I think that we also have to take care of ourselves, right? Wonderful. So we're going to post uh, the articles and different things around microaggressions so that other folks can read up on it if you're listening and want to learn a little bit more about it and get right. some more information. That's right. So now we, we're going to bring in our, uh, our, our new segment that we started last week. We're calling it Self-Care Tips. So our Self-Care Tip of the Day, the power of deep breathing. <sighs> Evidence-based research has established the positive impact of deep breathing on stress reduction. So when you get a chance today, pause, focus inwardly, and take three to five deep breaths. That feels good. You look relaxed. All right. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So that was episode five of Naming It. Episode five, naming it. All right, so I guess we're um, that that's that's our time for today. Um, for details about the topics mentioned in the episode, check out our website, namingitpodcast.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Naming It Podcast. If you like what you heard, we love it if you would leave us a review. Uh, follow us, subscribe to the feed on Twitter, and go ahead and add some stars. And if you want us to talk about anything specific, a topic or anything, send us a message or a tweet, and we will incorporate it into the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and uh, Dr. Hill, wh- where can we find you at? So you can find me at Lamisha Hill on Twitter and Facebook. And how about you? Uh, you can find me at Dr. B.F. Palmer. That's at DRBF Palmer on Twitter, um, on Facebook. Uh, we got that Tumblr thing. I still don't understand how to use it quite well. We got the Pinterest. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. And we can find us on all kinds of places, um, wherever you find your podcast, uh, your podcast spaces, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, I think we're on Apple Music. I've been trying to make that work. Uh, if, or excuse me, not Apple Music. Uh, Amazon. No. Google oh, Play. Google, Google Play. Google Play. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I always got to say thank you to Bedford because he is really a lot of the energy behind this movement. So I'm so much appreciative of his technology skills and his intellect and everything he brings to this. So 
thank you for for putting us out there and making sure that naming it is on all of these various platforms. Well, I, I'm just gonna throw them things right back out to the to you and to the folks who are following us and subscribing and you know if you really really like us and you really love what we're doing tell a friend and uh you know help us get more get the message out to more people and get more people naming it all right so we always want to give a special shout out to music on naming it is provided by lee england jr the soul violinist that's it right that's it all right well uh thanks for uh, for for joining us and keep on naming it Take care, y'all.